0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mama Said So Podcast. This is Jenny here, and I am joined uh, by Sharm and um, Miriam. And today, we are actually taking another TV break, and we will be speaking about Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are going to be giving (laughs) our two cents on um, the first season, um, that was a or is a Netflix hit. It um, aired on on December twenty fifth, and everyone watched, and so did we. And we have a lot to say. Uh, before we get into it, though, we're going to do the "What My Child Said" segment, and I think I'll go ahead and start. Um, so we were doing our morning routine. Um, and, uh, the kids, I think they had just, um, brushed their teeth and we were, you know, changing out of our pajamas and putting their clothes on. And Ruby was like, I had a bad dream. And I said, Oh yeah, what was it about? And she was like, um, somebody took me away from you. And, um, and, her she she named her teacher and she said her teacher was trying to help her find us but they couldn't find us like us the rest of the family Mm -hmm. and um and you know they just took her away from us and uh you know she didn't know what to do and um it was you know just a bad dream and she said it and she didn't say it and like um as if she was scared in the moment Uh, She was basically just relaying the details of the dream, and I was kind of shocked because, first of all, she's never expressed to me that she has dreamed, like, on her own. I have asked her in the past, like, did you dream, you know, just wondering, but there was never a convincing answer (laughs) of whether she did or not, Um, but um, in this conversation, this was the first time that she had actually said or you know or actually started a conversation letting me know that she did have a dream and then the fact that it was a bad dream it was it was a little it was a little alarming Mm -hmm. it was a little alarming but um I didn't act alarmed or anything I didn't want to alarm her but I did talk to her about if anyone does try to take you you (laughs) know here's what you do um but I thought that that was it. that was definitely at left field for me. I was not expecting that at all.
1: So that reminds me of mine. So I took the kids to um, to the doctor's office yesterday. Both of them had to get shots so or whatever. But um, before that, you know, it was their physical and uh, the kids' pediatrician. She was like, she was asking questions. She was like, "So where do you live? What's the name of your street?" Mm-hmm. Uh, what city do you live in? What state do you live in? And I'm looking at AJ. <laughs> and AJ's like, mm-hmm. he, that he he does remember that he lived in New Jersey. Well, she kind of, I guess she kind of prompted because she was like, "Do you live in New York?" And he was like, "No." Do you live in Connecticut? And she he was like, "No." live in New Jersey and he was like, oh yeah 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 <laughs> but you just made me think of that when you said the thing about uh Ruby because she was like, you know at this four-year- old stage that we should teach them what it is or what to do in case of emergency
2: mm-hmm.
1: or whatever but as far as uh, something on the lighter side, so this guy AJ, you know it's so interesting how um how they have no concept real concept of time. So his magic number is 10. So if he, he wants to watch TV a little bit more, he's like, okay, 10 more minutes. <laughs> he does it or he has to, uh, what you call it? Or he's um, like, I'm not ready yet to eat. He's like, 10 more minutes. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting. He has no concept of time and I'm just in control of whatever that is. <laughs> so 10 minutes could be 10 seconds. 10 minutes could be one minute. 10 minutes could be whatever uh I'd like it to be. But yeah. That's the four year old for you. Oh, and the little one. He's about to turn one. <laughs> and so he has this thing. So he's very different from AJ. that he's not as affectionate as AJ, but who knows? That's obviously that's remains to be seen. But um, he obviously he knows how to do no now with his head. So you'd like give me kiss and he'll either be like shake his head no or like turn his head away from you. And you can see that he's looking in the corner of his eye. He knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Looks back at you to do it again. He thinks it's a game. That boy is something else.
3: That is funny. You gotta watch mm-hmm. the second ones. I'm telling you. Apparently, Bo is
0: very funny. You just sit back and watch him. He's hilarious. Yeah. Yes. He has this little one, one, one-legged crawl thing that he does.
3: <laughs> I was like,
0: Bo, really? What are you doing? What is? What is that? <laughs> yep. He's so cute.
3: Yeah. Well, my baby is uh, moving out of babyville, getting to be a little bit of a big boy. He'll be three in a couple of weeks. um, And he is feeling every bit of it, saying how much he's a big boy and not a baby, even though he still wants his bi-bob, which we mysteriously lost around Christmas. Um, (laughs) But nevertheless, uh, he's progressing. And the other day was very cute. They were on their way to their grandmother's house. And he just decides that that's the day he's going to pack up his backpack and put all the things in it and, you know, get himself ready to go. And he asked me to come and put on his pack pack because he going <laughs> to grandma's house. And I said, well, how are you going to get there? I'm going to walk. Oh, okay. Yeah. By yourself. All right. Well, he was ready to go and uh, we weren't, but his pack pack was full of all his stuff. And he was determined he was on his way somewhere. So yes, it's yeah. the independent
0: yeah, that's that's bittersweet
1: yeah
0: no. Miriam, real quick uh Ruby's number in re- in regards to time is five mm. She's like five minutes yeah like I'll be back I'm just going to, going somewhere really quickly you'll be back in five minutes? <laughs> five minutes but anyway uh okay. So, let's get into it. There's there's uh like I said before a lot to be said about this series. Um I thoroughly enjoyed it and it definitely left me wanting more. Um I think there's going to be a second season but because of COVID and everything, um I believe that there's going to be a delay there, but this series is based off of a book like an eight volume book or something, something something like that. What were you gonna say, Sharon?
3: I said, oh wow, I didn't know. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. So um some of the things that kind of or or the first thing that I kind of want to bring up that sort of struck me by surprise pleasantly, um, was the notion of feminism and um womanhood. And there is um there there's a lot that goes on in regards to that. First of all, there's women all over the show and it's all about women and it's all about their position in society and everything. <clears throat> but then there is also um, a struggle uh with women and and where women find their place and, and how they how they do so. And um Daphne, She's the one where I first noticed uh, this theme of feminism uh, because she oftentimes, you know, would stand up for herself to her brother after her debut into society and in uh, in her journey of becoming betrothed or however you want to say, right? And so, you know, there were definitely times where um, he felt that there was a, a certain prospect that was better for her. And she's like, nah, not at all um, and she, she's approached him, you know, point blank, like, why do you feel like you can make this decision for me better than I can? Is it that you think that women can't think for their own selves? You know what I mean? Do you think that, you know, um, I'm just a pretty face type of thing. And it's something that she has, that she said to him more than once. Mm
2: -hmm. And,
0: um, I was pleasantly surprised to see that. Um, and then also, um, if you think of her sister as well, who has, is not yet out in society, but she's kind of dreading it because, um, that's not necessarily how she wants to lead her life. She wants to go to school and she wants to, um, uh, pursue things, um, that women at that time traditionally were not pursuing. And she vocalized that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes it was most times, actually it was, um, uh, a complaint and kind of you know like uh this is not fair um but still uh she vocalized that and um and it was it was nice to see that there was someone who aspired to that um rather than just you know having every single character kind of fall in line um and then um and then there was uh, a couple of characters um, that own their own business. Right. So we have the, um, the French lady who owned fake French, right. Um, Mm -hmm. who owned the, the Mm -hmm. modiste, Um, and she was, you know, her own woman. Uh, we have the soloist, Mm
3: -hmm. right.
0: Who, you know, was a woman of her own. Um, and, you know, she, there are certain things that she had to battle in her own right in regards to that, but still, She was her own woman, not necessarily attached to anyone um, in in the way that you would be in that society. Uh, And then there was um, Lady Whistledown, right? That's what that's named, Whistledown? Mm -hmm. Herself, you know, she was regarded as a businesswoman, um, aside from being regarded as like a (laughs) a gossip and all of that, Mm -hmm. but she had a business. um, And so by the way guys there's a lot of spoilers here so um, if you haven't watched it <laughs> sorry i should have said this before but if you haven't watched it definitely stop now go watch it go binge <laughs> okay um enjoy and then you can come back and, and join us and and um and see what we have to say and see if you, your thoughts align or if you oppose
1: so i have a quick point before i forget so about um, Daphne, right? The Mm -hmm. whole thing, her like standing up for herself against, uh, um, up against her, um, her brother, it's like the irony of it all because you're mad at him for uh, trying to control your life at least, or whatever, control what suitors are going to come to you and what visitors are going to come to the house to, you know, whatever, make acquaintance that perhaps they could propose within a few days (laughs) of Mm -hmm. me. But then you that's what you want. You want marriage. It's like so your life has already been predetermined, but you're mad at your brother for controlling something. You're you're in the control. You know what I'm saying? You're accepting the control situation of your life just going from being a child to a bride to a wife. And that's it. Right. But you're upset about your brother as far as having his say in it and being, I guess, the controller of that situation. It was just ironic. But again, she had no idea.
3: But exactly. I think that it is super ironic. And that's what I was going to say too. Like she literally said, you know, do you think because I'm a woman, you think I'm incapable of making my own choices? And it's like, your choice is choosing the man. It's not choosing whether you get married or not. And it's right. she's never even thought outside of that box to say like, there's other options or other ways. And even when her sister does, it's almost like, oh, you're just being foolish or, you know, whatever. It's almost like looked down upon as like, not the best way and not even really considered by her as an option because like this is all she's been conditioned to do so she doesn't yeah. even realize the control that she's under even though she's still trying to like fight against this this system so it does feel like the beginning of feminism and the beginning of like owning one's mm-hmm. own identi- identity but it's like she's just so far away from like the true essence of it. it is right. crazy just yeah and i think, think that's,
0: that's how it starts mm-hmm. sorry go ahead Marian.
1: No, I'm just saying the same irony uh, exists with her mom because as trailblazing as her mom is, like, you know, marry a friend, she's still behind the times, you know what I'm saying? Like, right? Not, not truly preparing the daughter to be wed or not even telling her what sex is or what the word means. Like When the <laughs> girls were like, oh, wait, how did this happen? And then, you know, and then Penelope goes to talk to Marina, Miss Thompson, and then she goes back to tell Eloise, well, she said it happened out of love when she was explaining how she got pregnant and she was like that's the it was like really that's the answer that you got like no no one knew about the physical part like this goes there and that's right. how that happened mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like okay every month just make sure you see some bleeding on your sheets and there's no bleeding then you know what happens like that's wild
0: right yeah that's that's definitely wild um I do and I do want to touch on that later but what I was going to say before was I think that Sharm, you you mentioned that, you know, it was the very, very beginnings of feminism. And I think that that's how a lot of things start. Even if we reflect on ourselves and we come to a point where we are, um, like if we think about how we reflected on the year 2020 and what we wanna do for for this year and how we want to um, do more for ourselves, be movers and shakers in the world. I think the early beginning stages of that is kind of being bothered you know what I mean by something and by being bothered by where you are still wanting um still wanting a certain level of success that looks differently for, for everyone and obviously and di- looks differently in different societies mm. but also somehow being bothered and and um and using that um that state of mind to kind of speak up speak out or reflect or you know in Eloise's case um uh try to, uh, prolong her, um, debut out a little further, whatever it is. I think that the early stages of any type of change, um, kind of starts that way where there is something, you know, that's, that, that you're bothered by, even if you, uh, even if you are still acting, um, in the, in the, in the very concept that you're trying to fight against. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just, that that's how it starts
3: so um, that, exactly what you're saying is mm-hmm. the, where Miss Whistledown was like birthed from right because at the end it shows like who it actually was right it's the young girl who's overweight mm-hmm. who's short you know red hair whatever and it's like she was so frustrated by the situation that she ended up like totally trying to blow the whole situation up and like take back some of her control but at the same time she still wants to be like pursued when that guy was like not giving her the time of day she still wanted to be considered and so she's still operating within the whole you know regular course of action but at the same time like she wants to blow it up like she's so frustrated by it that she comes in with this whole thing um and just starts you know shaking things up
0: hmm. i um I see that. Um, but I also think that um, for her, and even maybe for and or definitely for Daphne too, is that yes, they're still operating in, like I said, the concept that they're that they would be fighting, right? This concept of being betrothed and marriage and being out in society and and just the way that they did things. Um, but at the same time, really what they both want is love, right? And um, and I think that no matter how much of a feminist you are or no matter where you are in your life, no matter how much you're um, blooming into yourself or not, um, anyone, anyone um, is capable of wanting love and then acting in a certain way that they feel will get them that love.
3: For sure. For sure. So I just feel uh, like even the just the order of it like yes, they want to be loved. It's not like they were missing love per se from their families, but it's almost like before you even consider what you're capable of, before you even consider what your hopes and yeah. your dreams are, the first thing you have to secure is love. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that happens still today for a lot of women because Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you could go to high school, you could go to college, but really, if you're in college, you should be searching for your husband because if you get out of that bracket, it's going to be much harder to find your man. That's going to be, you know what I mean? And it just, it still perpetuates today. And it's just, sometimes we need things to come and like shake us up and, and make us really search ourselves instead of it being like, okay, now we married, got kids. And now it's like, oh wait, who am I? Right. Mm-hmm. What that feel again? It just makes it that much harder. Right.
1: Yes, um, this is true. Mm, that's hard. And that may be a brave mission for some. Like, I, when me and Louis, we look back, we're like, dang, we got married young. But then I look at some other <laughs> people, it's like, maybe we didn't. <laughs> like, um, but I think all, also what helped us is that, you know, we had our own things going on, even after married for like five years. Right. We didn't have children until right well y'all can do the math, but yeah so um but no I think that's a brave mission for today's women who does see marriage or a committed relationship in her future to be like no I'm going to take my time even after college I'm going to pursue my graduate studies or building my business or building myself up and then I'd be ready and it's like sis it is this risk that you take that's just the reality of the situation maybe maybe that's maybe that's my um um, ignorance. But on the flip side, it's kind of like an um, advantage in that maybe dealing with an older gentleman, per se, and um, you know how people think that there's, you know, um, a different pace by which women mature versus men. Um, but with that being said, if you're getting married older or getting committed, getting a come in a relationship older with an older dude as well, not even older than you necessarily, but maybe your age older, maybe like mid thirties instead of your late twenties or early Mm twenties, then you kind of, sometimes you have to deal with the consequences of their immaturity too. Right. Which may be children or baby mama drama, you know what I mean? Or death or whatever, any type of consequences that may come from dumb, stupid, um, you know, uh, decisions that you may have done in your um, early years. But yeah, I do feel like these days, it seems like a brave mission to take your time and wait till after college and a few years even after that to, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know that people necessarily, um, and I don't know, this is my complete ignorance, but I don't know that people necessarily take on a specific mission. They just don't take on a mission you know what I mean? Like it, it's just by default, that's what happens. The mission that they do take on is to continue to, 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 to continue in school or to climb the ladder at work or whatever. And they're not like, I'm not dating anyone right now because I want to do this, but they're saying I want to do this. And by default, right. I don't I can't even see the guys around me or don't even have the time of day for the guys around me or whatever it is. Um, and then by the time they do reach whatever they were searching for, and then they feel like they can take a, a you know breath of fresh air, and they're like, you know what, I want a relationship right now. Right. Um, so so yeah, um there is definitely certain things that still persist today, especially um If you're speaking of certain cultures, um, you know, like us coming from the Caribbean culture and then uh, a religious culture as well, you you definitely see the same things. I was, you know, watching with Vado and he's like, (laughs) he's like, this looks all, this looks so familiar, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, meaning like what goes on in the church and everything. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said before. I definitely think that um, feminism was all up and through the season, even if it was in its early stages. And I think that it's important for us to mention that because um, despite the goal, right? In terms of being married um, and for some uh, being a mother um, and despite those themes of like motherhood and everything, they were all women. And so are we, right? Um, and so we uphold our womanhood before, um, you know, many other things. And I just think that that was um, important to point out.
3: Mm -hmm. And it's funny, you should say it that way, just to close it on that topic. It's like, Daphne was even willing to give up the motherhood to have achieved that goal of being a wife, like that superseded in her mind everything and she knew she had to be married so if she had to be married like she wanted to be married to somebody that she was in love with and even though her in love happened rose and fell in like a very short period it was Mm -hmm. like well if I have to be married and I'd rather be in love then I'll sacrifice the fact that I truly in my heart of hearts want to be a mother Mm -hmm. and it's like it's crazy It, it spills over into everything child because you could just be like I want to travel the world, but my man doesn't. So let me not do that. Or I want to get this degree. And I like, I'm just saying it just proceeds in so many different ways that we as women, and she is a child and for all intents and purposes, Hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. <start> that. <laughs> mm-hmm. but grown women are still experiencing the same thing. So it's just like that womanhood and like how we're conditioned is just so faulty sometimes. Like, I, I don't know. And there's plenty of people that would disagree and say that there's nothing wrong with that. But from my perspective, like we are here for greatness and there are a lot of things we're supposed to be accomplishing. So if God ain't telling you to do it, then you need to be walking away and he would not be telling you to drink. He would be telling you to be with a person that will help you to, you know, expand and grow and flourish. So. Well,
1: speaking of that, so when I was thinking about Daphne, I was like, because you, you used to use the word conditioning, right? So it's like, even in today's society, I, I mean, I think it's uh, loosening up a bit more as far as what women are conditioned to be more people. I guess men and women in our own right are like, no, I could be what I want to be or who I want to be or how I want to be as far as living is concerned.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it I, it was interesting. I've just uh a, a, an idea out there. Like, what if she thought that she wanted kids and she didn't? say for instance, right, if um, if Simon had it all together or whatever, it's just like the whole girlfriend's thing, right, with Joan and uh, Brock. Like it seemed like mm-hmm. everything else was perfect, but there was just no kids in the situation. So I think Joan did this with that like, she took a step back and she gave it a good old hearty try. Like, you know what, maybe I don't need kids to be happy or whatever, whatever. But she still came to the conclusion, which I was su- uh, surprising in the show, that she still t- came to the conclusion, like, no, I think I actually do want kids and I won't be happy if I don't have it. I just thought it was interesting. Like, I wonder if that would have been something, a path that Daphne, Daphne could have possibly gone down. Like this whole thing of being betrothed at 15 or whatever age they were, if that was all a like a uh, conditioning, what if even having kids to bring me my ultimate happiness? What if that's a conditioning too? You know what I mean? Or marrying mm-hmm. rich, what if that's a conditioning? Mm-hmm. Or making mm-hmm. sure that I, you know, uh, marry someone, you know, who is of means that I could be protected, that I don't need to waste my time in the books. Like, what's her name mother said? Featherington. She was like, what did she say? She was like, put that book down. She was taught of Penelope. Put that book down, it will do something to your thoughts. I wrote it down. So it's like it was like, gonna yeah. mess
3: up her brain or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: like, wow. So right. all this conditioning thing is like you
3: question it, right? Let's talk about motherhood then.
1: Yeah, um,
0: we will. We can we can speak about our the um, older mothers, I guess, <laughs> uh, Featherington and um, Viscountess Bridgerton. Um, I think that uh, the big flaw of these mothers that we spoke about already is the fact that, um, they are quote unquote, preparing their, their daughters to marry, but they're not really preparing them in every way. Um, namely, um, uh, the very way you consummate marriage, um, sex and and, and all of that. Right. Um,
1: now, real and, quick, real quick, do mm-hmm. you call that a flaw or that they just really don't know themselves? I guess they do know after oh, their yeah, own got- They
0: know. <laughs> Eight kids. Right. She Daphne,
2: knows she
1: knows. Friends. And she also admitted,
0: you know, when 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 uh Daphne and Simon kissed, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. All they did. Right. Uh she also admitted succumbing to passions with Daphne's father. <laughs> like, so you know, <laughs> she knows. Um, and I, I, it, yes, I, I, I definitely think that is a, it's a flaw. It's a flaw of the, of the era, I guess, you know, and, and, of you know, society. Um, and I definitely think that that is something that still persists to this day, because I don't know about you, Miriam, but I don't think I got the talk, um, <laughs> yeah. specifically in detail. <laughs> I didn't need it from my mom because, you know, uh, who did I have this conversation? I think I might have had this conversation with Bottle after watching it where he was like, So how did you learn? And I'm like, uh I had a biology class. I had libraries.
1: <laughs> I, and I had books. Huh? That's exactly what I told Lewis last night. So I was like, uh, thank God I was a biology major.
0: <laughs> right. So um, you know, I didn't necessarily need an explanation. I do remember, and I'm uh, I'll be exposing <laughs> Junior here, but I remember when he was in like seventh or eighth grade, I guess he kept hearing girls talk about their periods and he kept asking me like, what is that? Like what, like he genuinely wanted to know and I refused to tell him, I was like, ask your parents. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I refused to tell him because I just, I don't know. I just, my, I I don't know. I was just like, nope, not coming from me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I definitely think that that is something that persists to this day. Um, obviously, it was way worse then, um, but I, I I think that it is a huge disfavor. Um, and now, in that I have my own kids, especially now that I have a daughter, I make sure that they that that they know things. They know how to name their parts by the actual name. Mm-hmm. That they know the differences between the two genders, um, and that will continue to grow um, as they get older, every year, it's going to be a little bit more information there. And, um, I'm very, um, adamant that that's how it has to be because I think it is safer that way for children. And I think it would have been safer for Daphne too, because clearly (laughs) she had no idea.
3: None. And and they treated it as almost like, sexuality was a virus like she you can't hang out with the pregnant girl because it'll spread
0: like
2: I don't I you know I
0: think I think I think here is a difference between the two mothers as well because Featherington I think she she acted that way like it it is a rise you'll catch it or whatever but I think with the Bridgertons and I think that this is um on purpose, because they were the perfect family in the society, right? And the high side, they're so perfect. I think for them, it was a real, and this is the, this is a flawed thinking too. It was almost a real portrayal of their purity because, Mm. and I think this, this, here's how we get things wrong, because not knowing about your sexuality is not, does not equate to purity, but that's how it was portrayed there, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, when Simon was like, what do you mean, you don't touch yourself? And she was like,
1: <laughs> that's, that's the point out I was tell something about that.
0: You know, she had no idea of that. And I mean, little kids touch themselves, right? <laughs> so how could they have never, right. you know what I mean? Like, how, ha- ha- to, in my mind, the, like the two, like, I can't draw the line from one to the I I can't not draw the line from one to the other and it's weird that they weren't able to do that
2: mm-hmm. and I
0: think that um they were really in the show trying to show their quote-unquote purity in that way even though like I said that does not equate purity right. um because just cuz you know how to touch yourself and where and, and where all your parts are and what pleases you does not mean that you're not pure right um uh but Like I said, I think that that was done on purpose. So for the Bridgertons, there wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, run for the hills. You stand next to her, you wanna get pregnant too. But it was like, that's not even in our realm because we're so pure. Right.
1: Well, I mean, you could bring it to the 21st century now, right? Especially us growing up in the church. That whole phase of purity culture and whatever, What's the was the purity movement, right? With the purity rings <laughs> right. and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you said, so it should not, so it does a disservice, right? Especially to the young woman, because somehow, way, these church boys know all about it. Hello. <laughs> so just like they did in, in um in the in the series I in Purketton. All the guys they knew. He was like, you know what? It's my fault, Colin. I should have brought you to brothels more. Like, really. Mm. So he gets some type of education, how flawed it may be, but right. he gets some type of education about sensuality, sexuality, what feels good out this any the other. And she has absolutely zero. So in this purity culture movement, church growing up or whatever, it's like it, that does a disservice uh, to us as women who have who grown up in a church and didn't have any type of real, uh, what you call it, experience or conversation this than the other and the fact that it was simon who gave her that education mm-hmm. not everybody has a simon you know what i'm saying that's that's gentle about it that uh, came from a friend perspective about it you know what i'm saying wasn't like rough on it like he didn't it is like he did something to you that you didn't feel yourself already you know what i'm saying it wasn't done in the um it wasn't done in a perverse way he didn't take advantage of her not knowing you know what i'm saying right,
3: right. Which so, which is- he did take advantage of her not knowing no, he never touched he her until they were married. Okay, yeah. well,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. But but he took advantage of her ignorance in regards to um, right, bearing right? child.
1: Yeah, 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 that, that's different. Yes. In that regard, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, but he could have easily, you know, taken advantage otherwise. Right, you know right, know right. right. I'm mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm just saying with this period movement, that's something I guess that has changed and will change with our generation and how we bring up our children that their bodies are nothing to be ashamed of and if you if you have your the innate feeling of wanting to touch yourself because it's like, ooh, that feels good, <laughs> then you know, go ahead and do so. But then we also could talk about the circumstances, the timing, the situations, what what is going to um, I guess what is going to what's going to feed your soul and what's not, meaning like not putting yourself a compromising situation. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's the stuff I mean, think is gonna change with our generation because these are talks that we did not have I mean Sean sure, we talking 40 I'm sorry but these are the kind of things that we did not have with our parents
3: well yes yeah, so you pointed out the distinction again between Caribbean Christian households I am African-American right yeah. so in my household with my mother who is a licensed marriage and family counselor yeah. we had those talks we definitely had those talks but um, it wasn't
1: just about biology other things
3: it wasn't about biology in fact it it probably started with spiritual things before we even went to the biology and what it means when you open yourself up to certain things and how it's so harder to close pandora's box once it's open like we talked about it from the you don't want to expose yourself to certain things because you know you're not supposed to be doing certain things until you're married, and, you know, these are said things. But I was also very curious, and I had very curious friends. So, like, I learned probably more details before she had the physical talk with me, but she did actually have that talk with me, and it was a part of our regular life. Like, we would always talk about different things. Um, So there was no... Taboo around that topic at all in my house, and plus I have an older brother, right? So I'm gonna
1: say, mm-hmm. yeah. Where you got the conversations were separate. Yeah, conversations with you had conversations with your brother.
3: Yes, separate conversations. I don't know what the conversation was with him, or mm-hmm. how you know in depth they got, but for me, it was very, it was very much so in depth. Mm-hmm. And then somehow I found a Zane book. I don't know where it came from, but I, didn't know. <laughs> I Remember I didn't not know even knowing what it, Zane was uh, until either, until I started reading it and I was like, I cannot put this down. Lord, help me. I don't know where it came from. i <laughs> mm, I've never read a Zane book,
0: but I never like really really knew what it was until way later on. And I remember I remember being at the at the um at the hair salon, though, and seeing, like, you know, Zane <laughs> on the spine of, of, of the book that the woman was reading. I'm like, okay, that's a Zane book, I guess, you know, and yeah. just kind of being oblivious to that. Mm-mm.
1: God bless you, Jenny, having a girl. I
0: don't
2: yeah.
1: know. <laughs> yeah. But, a message, but I think, mm, I don't know. When that time comes, right? How are you going to even broach the subject or? Well, it sounds like well, you are going to
0: in your mind how you, you know, yeah, you, I mean, okay. you should be speaking about it openly, a little, you know, a little bit more each year, and just, you know, talking more about it. And it should definitely be when they're younger, it should just be matter of fact, um, no embellishments. Um, but also, you know, not too many, not too much detail, it should be on a level that they can understand, but at the same time, it should be a matter of fact. So yesterday, we were, you um, you know, there's a new baby in the family. So we were looking at pictures of the baby. And then of course, Braxton's like, well, I wanna see pictures of me as a baby. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, and so there's a video on my phone of him, like fresh out the womb, right? Like fresh. And, um, and I, I said something about this being right when he was born, like right when he came after, um, right, right, right when he came out of my belly, and I anticipated and they didn't ask this, but I anticipated Ruby per se asking like we, like how exactly, like how did how did he come out of your belly? Mm-hmm. And I was I was prepared to answer, you know what I mean?
2: Right yeah. out of my vagina.
0: I <laughs> don't <of laughs> <you> know. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Huh? I forgot. AJ did just ask me that. <laughs> like this oh, week or last week. Yeah. Wow. Mm, yeah. And so how did you answer? I forgot because it was, uh he was looking at my stomach and he, cause I, I told him before that, well, obviously he's seen me pregnant with Bo, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he was like, the baby's in it, the baby's in it. It would always end like that. And he was like, wait, so Bo was in there. And I was like, yep. And he would be like, okay. So it was a few weeks of that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he's mm-hmm. collecting little
2: mm-hmm. nuggets, if you will. Right. Then
1: he was like, honestly, I think we were interrupted or maybe I changed the subject. I don't remember. <laughs> but I remember us standing in the kitchen. He was like, but how did he get there? And I heard myself saying, you know well, mommy and dad <laughs> love each other. <laughs> and I don't remember anything else after that.
0: <laughs> mm,
2: black <man>.
1: Blackout. <laughs> I was shocked it already came. I was shocked. I was yeah, shocked it, it, it so will
0: come. I did a whole like study almost i'm just kind of like i read certain things that are out there about like how do you broach these conversations with your with your your, um with your kids and there's like books out there and everything and it's really you just you want to as much as possible normalize the conversation normalize their bodies normalize their sexuality um don't over sexualize them themselves as well um and then um and when when it comes it comes so, you know how um, if you see kids doing certain dances or whatever, they're just moving their bodies. But you can't be like, uh uh, uh-uh, fast girl, three- this and that and third. Right. Because you, in your mind, that is, you, she's a fast girl and she's trying to get someone, um, you know, in someone's pants or whatever, but she's just dancing.
1: I mean, right? I'm not going to lie. It still does a little something to me when I see a little girl in a bikini. I'm sorry. Oh lord! <laughs> it does. Yes, I agree. I agree. And and for you, you have to
0: find that line, right? Because uh, you know, I I think that we are, you know, this is this is you know coming on 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 another topic, but you know, we we people believe what they believe about about your bodies and how much of it should be exposed and what modesty is and all of that, and so, and and that's part of it. You you draw the line where you want to draw the line, and you have and you you rear your child that way
3: but you know what I mean can we commit though like we need to end this double standard okay because Mm -hmm. granted maybe a bikini is too much but the functionality of it is she don't got to get butt naked to go to the bathroom just pull down the bottom right like so it's easier and if for the kid like they're not thinking sexual at all so it really Mm -hmm. depends like who they are oh, yeah, about.
1: definitely the adult. Yeah, 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 definitely.
3: But definitely on the kid. flip side of that, it's like back to the, the Bridgerton and how the guys would go to brothels to like get their, come of age and like have more exposure. It's like that was expected of them. Like that was the, the norm. Whereas the girls are just like, if you kiss somebody, you're ruined forever. Like right. that's a stain that you can't overcome, which is crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: Like a jewel. It, like it really might is. Right.
3: Right. <laughs> Oh, but that oh, so I was gonna I was gonna mention that too. But before
0: I get there, you know what I think is really interesting is that there. Oh wow, I'm just as all coming to my mind right now. So there weren't um, any good or sound father figures in mm. the show, right? Because the for the Featherington father. You know, he had his demons, you know what I mean? And and he was not providing for his family the way, or maybe he was providing, but was squandering the money.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what
0: I mean? Um, and and not upholding to his part in this whole thing by making sure that his daughters had the dowry
1: and everything like that. Um, oh, so maybe that explains the Featherington mom too. Like how she mean? was so hard on sending her daughters off because she knew that her husband of hers <laughs> had say well, it seems like
0: them. she didn't, she didn't know until like somewhere yeah. in the middle of, of the season. Um, but I think uh, there's just so much. So ho- I, let's pause, let's pause on that. <laughs> but so with the, you know, there wasn't that a good example there of the father. Um, and then the Bridgerton's father, uh, apparently he was the best man ever, but he was absent, uh, you know, in his death. And so we don't know, uh well we don't know when he died right. and also we don't know um if did that like did Mm-mm. did they say how no but I think in the books he died from like an allergic reaction to a bee sting or something like that
3: random okay. yeah
0: and, and that's why so I read a lot about this guys but <laughs> that's also <laughs> why there's like in certain scenes you see the bumblebee um so there's like that, that subtle theme
1: Wait, yeah, only, yeah. I only realized it last night at the end, the last episode. At the end,
0: it was also in one of the earlier episodes that landed on like the doorknob. The, it the oh, like I guess maybe that was the first episode. episode. It was in every episode.
1: Oh wow. Every, I, I didn't notice it in
0: every. I just noticed the two. I didn't
1: pay the last episode. I was like, what does that <laughs> <be> mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but um, you know, apparently he was like he was a really good man. And mm-hmm. who knows if you know, this is just left up to our imagination, but who knows if if he was the one, like, you know, how sometimes fathers take their sons out for their first drink or whatever, Mm -hmm. when they turn a certain age or whatever, who knows if that was really the thing, or if, uh, I, I don't know, I think that that we see the guys as they are, but we don't really know how they come to be the way they are, the way we know how the women come to be how they are, basically this is what I'm saying. And the only one that we know that for is Simon, because we know how horrible of a father he right. was and how that basically, um, that's why he need therapy right now, <laughs> basically, <Well done>. right? <laughs> um, and so he's, he, yeah, he's the only one that we, that we know that for, but we don't really know like, was it a tradition for, for, like, what fathers have been like, um, I'm just going to turn a blind eye. You can do, you can sow your wild oats now until it is time. And I'm going to put my foot down when you do have to find a woman. Like, you know, the mom was trying to be like, trying to um, show what's his name Anthony um certain women and everything and he didn't want to he didn't want to have anything to do with it but if the father was there would he have let him have his fun and then be
3: like "I right, know, no nah, it's time now right. you yeah. know or or what because she was not coming directly at him with like you need to mm-hmm. do it but she was just being very passive aggressive about it and she, awesome. was. Yeah. Being she that. was
0: but also and that that has to that that place to the fact that um uh you know what we were speaking about before in terms of feminism like you can only be right. even as the mother exactly. right. you, you, you 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 can't you're not the head of your home he, right. you know what i mean right. like right. He, him, him as a firstborn and the first son mm-hmm. what he says apparently goes and like, she had to kind of be uh manipulative almost to do what she felt needed to be done right. for Daphne, just like the Featherington mom had to kind of be manipulative in her own way to do whatever she felt was right for her for her girls. Right. Um, and yeah, that sh- is crazy in its own right. Um, yeah, because I was but, looking at
1: that team like, uh, didn't I give birth to you? Like, who are you talking <laughs> to? <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> right. Okay
2: she doesn't have and nothing.
0: i mean there was a point where she tried to tell him about himself too like i know you're seeing a certain soloist somewhere across town yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, don't think that don't think that i don't
3: know your secrets right um but it was it was. It still was not direct at it was like Aggressive. Mm-hmm.
0: that's aggressive yeah. yeah so yeah i you know i think the mothers had a very obviously a strong role especially the older the older mother characters had a strong role um uh, in the series. Um, and it's interesting how that that uh, their strong ro- roles were opposite of either absent fathers physically or you know absent fathers um, in terms of doing what they which we feel that they should have been done. Um, I think that that's just an interesting,
3: yeah,
0: uh, you know, play yeah. on itself.
3: I didn't pick that up initially but even the Featherington father even he was present but he wasn't present he was like reading newspaper right. yeah, yeah he was just sitting there like not even actively involved so mm-hmm. it's interesting mm-hmm.
0: um and then um the other uh aspects of um motherhood in terms of Um, preparing their children for marriage there there's we already spoke about the lack of preparation in regards to sex but there's the other part um and again I think that there is a difference between Bridgerton and Featherington which was you know basically the the whole premise of the show um for Bridgerton in preparing for marriage she really was all about the you know Finding your friend and finding someone that you're in love with. And then once, once she saw that she found that person, she really fought for her daughter for that. You know, even when the prince came along, she was like, you don't have to respond to him right away in his proposal, because she she felt and she saw the love that that was between Simon and Daphne. Um, and I think that there were a, a couple of scenes. Where she's like, you know, you're a Bridgerton. She really, she really um, bred confidence um, out of Daphne. Um, and then there was also that scene where she's like, you know, you choose to love every day, like fight for your marriage type of thing. And um, I also think that that's a conversation that should be had before marriage. But I think nonetheless, it was a it was good that she did have that conversation with
1: her. Um, and why do you think before marriage because you think some people may not be willing to fight no she had no like i think
0: she she believed in like a fairy tale love you know what i mean okay we love each other and i'm I'm willing to not have kids because i love you right but then of course that is going to come crashing down when you realize the the harsh realities of why he's doing whatever it is that he's doing you know what i mean or even before you realize the, uh, the, the why but you know um, she felt betrayed and some people don't realize that, that they can feel betrayed in their marriages and what, and they don't know what to do about that. And I think that is important before marriage that you talk to your children about, about that, like the realities of marriage, like some days it's going to be hard to love your spouse. Right. Um, you know, there are certain things that you just don't know. You have no clue about, um, especially especially the way they had it because you know you're you're courting for a couple days and then you're married so there's there's a lot that you're not going to know about that person there's a lot that you're not going to know in regards to why they are the way they are why they've made past decisions why whatever um and so yeah I think it's very important to have those kind of conversations before marriage like you don't necessarily know what you're getting into but um, you have to have a certain resolve.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you have to have a certain resolve about you. You have to um yeah, you, ha- you have to fight, you you end this together. Like you two are not perfect people, so there are things that are gonna happen that's gonna make it hard um for you guys to be one and live as one and all of that, but you have to put in the work to do whatever it takes to be one and live as one and, and all of that. Um that's just as important as a sex conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, for um, the Featherington, you know, for her, you know, preparation for marriage was more on the shallow end. You know, it's basically just uh, she just wanted her her kids to, and I think this this was true for for their whole society but she just wanted to um she just wanted them to have status she wanted them to have protection which is nothing wrong with protection right but um she their preparation for marriage was basically so that they can have a hold a space in society um and one thing i read about one thing i read about them and the difference between those two families. Um, is that, Sean, you mentioned while we were talking about this offline in terms of uh, she was always worried about what dresses they wore and they had the loud colors and all of that. Um, But I read that they were basically, that family, they were basically new to that status. They were like new money. Right. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. but with the bridgertons, it it was like they were old money, you yeah. know what I mean? like this was nothing new to them. so they so so they acted in their elegance, mm-hmm. whereas um uh for the featheringtons, they they were doing what they thought rich people did, mm-hmm. um, and then they were fighting to stay rich,
3: right. But it was all about the image. And sometimes that that extends to the actual premise of marriage itself like you're saying married basically to the highest bidder like whoever has the most money and like today we married to the highest stature like what is he does he look like a boss does he have everything going for him like you know just looking at it from the view of like what will outsiders looking in perceive so she was definitely concerned about their image definitely always wanted them to have a new dress when at the end of the day like they were that broke and they didn't have it and she knew that at a certain point but she still wanted to keep up the facade. And I think, you know, it's it's not a good thing. Like, we just gotta break this mold because marrying girls off to the bitter. Like, even in um Daphne's case, where that old well, maybe he wasn't that old, but he oh, was definitely he was creepy. old. <laughs> he was old, way old gross. Old and creepy, like he has a good um dowry, right? Like he he has a good estate, like so what the man's teeth right all out his mouth like but it seems like that's what it was like you just had to marry for that image and that stature and like i don't know so
1: what's funny about um i guess madam featherington if you will is that she knew better when marina came to her at the end after he passed and she was like how'd you do this for two and 20 years Mm -hmm. married to this man she was like, well, you just learn, you pick one, what well, she, she said, you pick one of two things, uh, maybe it's mm-hmm. your children, or whatever uh, the uh, case may be, and you just stick with that, and that's how you stay married, so she knew how unhappy she was, because that wasn't enough, but basically, she was going to subject her daughter to the same thing, like, not really knowing the men, or, mm-hmm. you know, not pushing the whole idea of friendship, or whatever the case may be, or love, for that matter, like, really pushing off her daughters as property, really.
3: For sure. Mm-hmm. So she could also keep her own status. Because how else mm-hmm. were they going to keep money? Like, she was ready to give the other girl, you know, her house guest. What's her name? Marina, Miss Thompson. Thompson. Away, like, just to get their debt paid off at the dress shop. Like, she did not care. It was just, like, get them to the highest bidder to keep us in this status. Because now that we've arrived, I'm not going back. And she was ready to mm-hmm. give do it at any cost and
0: and marina called her out on it in the scene where um she took her to the um to the neighborhood that uh that was, i don't know yeah. what would, what would you like to call it the hood. she took her to the hood right <laughs> and she's like <laughs> she's like do you want to be like them and marina was like and what's so wrong with, with right. them and the life that they're li- living um and um you know, she didn't really have much to say about it. Like she didn't have, you know, much of a return. But um, you, you can just see that the way she's trying to push her kids to marriage and, quote, unquote, prepare them for marriage or, um, or to be out there, even for Miss Thompson, even though she didn't, you know, hold her in high regard, just telling her to marry that old man. Right. Because he's going to, you know, he's the best chance at life. You know, he's going to take care of you. He doesn't he'll he'll overlook the fact that you're already pregnant. Um. Mm. yeah yeah I felt like she she believed that you know what I mean like at least you'll have at least you'll be taken care of right in, in terms of like money you'll have a place to stay you'll have money you won't have
3: anything to worry about
0: and and that's you know that's
3: just like being taken care of it even pers- like persists with the op- the singer the opera singer it's like she's just Trying to be taken care of because if she's not the type to marry or have a man marry her, like she has to be taken care of, and the only way for her to be taken care of is through a man. So the man that she has in the house is like, well, he's you know he's good, he's understanding, he's not going to lie to me, he's going to provide for me, and it's like, sis, like you can provide for yourself, you're a dope singer, like make That's it. What work
1: I'm doing. Doing. I was and, like, the career is not paying. Like right. I didn't understand. <laughs> like,
0: well, you know, the, the artists, the 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 um the arts don't always pay well, I guess. I don't know. Um, I but mean,
3: well, she was working, which is something a lot of those women were not doing. So she could have had a life right. provided for herself, even if it wasn't to this, you know, big house high stature that she wanted because she's been treated so well as the side piece for so long.
1: Well, yeah. the apartment that she was staying in, it wasn't his.
3: I'm sure somebody else was paying for it. Which
1: one? In the beginning, well, I thought he was actually, paying for the apartment.
0: He was paying. I'm talking about the man that she ended up with. Was it his? Because uh, then there was also... Well, I mean, I guess that speaks for itself, right? If he was paying for the apartment for her in the beginning, if Anthony was paying for it, and then they broke up, and then she stayed with the the faux French lady, mm-hmm. the Modice lady, for a while. Mm-hmm. So I guess the apartment in the end... Is the one
2: was? Is now,
3: which is a big whoever she's with now. Yeah, but it wasn't like he was, she was his wife, in right. my understanding. It was just like mm. she, she was his side piece, so then, therefore, she would be taken care of.
1: But that's interesting because he answered the door like a side piece, so the wives don't go anywhere, right? So, he
3: I don't know, didn't have any reaction to this man being at the front door. It was just like, I'll be up in a second. So it's like, he if it was his actual wife, he probably would have been like, oh, what's going on? Like, you know what I mean? Had a reaction to it. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. He just was like, all right, peace. See you in a minute.
1: <laughs> <Bye."> <laughs> yeah. But she ain't here with me.
3: Right. Because no other women would be getting male visitors if that was his wife. You know what I mean? Like, it would have just mm-hmm. been so inappropriate.
1: I see. Yeah, because I was shocked at the reaction, too. I'm like, uh, a whole do with a bouquet of flowers, is that your door?
3: Right. <laughs> Crazy.
1: But no. I want to real quick mm. shout out to Miss Thompson, because she did what she had to do um, in terms of at the end to be willing to marry the brother of your beloved, what was the name, George. And it's like she, mm-hmm. at that point she wasn't thinking about herself, but she was thinking about the child that was not actually aborted by drinking that tea. It
2: says,
1: so, so. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, women. I they let that ride, right? I was like,
2: because
0: because when she drank the tea and then passed out, I was like, oh, they really gonna make this like seem I like this worked.
2: worked. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, that doctor was like, uh. right, that, 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 like
0: you really, you really thought. <laughs>
2: But oh, no, yes, definitely. I'm happy about that. Yeah.
0: But I think, Miriam that that is a good segue to the young mothers um, of the show. So with Marina, um, would she have done that if she was never in the Featherington house? I doubt right? it. The, the marriage thing? Right, because so much of her being there was about marrying her off, Right. Um, and right in the end, she, she decided, okay, I'm going to take up this guy's offer. But if she was still back in the farm, first of all, how are you in high society? And you owe a debt to someone who,
3: to a farmer. He probably bet something that he couldn't fulfill. He out there bet. That's crazy. Oh,
0: Right. They were actually. so families. he probably loaned him money they were family he said a distant cousin or something so they were family so i guess he probably loaned him money that he could never pay back due I to his was a lie. gambling
3: made that up that i thought he just said like said it to say it you know what i mean i didn't think that that was the truth oh the lie was that they were family and they were taking him in and when it was exposed that you just owed him a debt like that was the truth mm-hmm. I didn't feel like
1: they were actually family i missed that part mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: but i don't know you never know Okay. So, well,
0: um, you know, if she was still back on the farm, she would have had that baby and she would have been, you know, providing, um, I guess the, the best way she knew how on the farm, whereas I guess that's harder to do in that high society Mm -hmm. and, but was going back to the farm an option. So I guess she became conditioned even in her time there, even in, in, you know, her refusing a lot. Um she also became conditioned and, and in the end decided to to take up the author the offer of the brother. Well
3: that's because she was
0: pregnant. To your point-
1: yeah that's because she was pregnant not necessarily because I you know, think married. she would
3: have definitely yeah
0: but she would have been pregnant either way because
3: she but nobody at home knew she was pregnant, right?
0: No, no one but so what I'm saying is sure no one at home knew she was pregnant. But if, if all of this happened, but at home, mm-hmm. you know, where they found out she was pregnant and then she found out that her husband died and he came and was like, Hey, I'm going to
3: take care of you. She probably would be like, No, nah, I'm i on my farm. What you mean?
2: <laughs> right?
3: It's possible. But the farm might have needed some money too. So you never really know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But
1: and that wasn't her husband that she was pregnant by. They weren't married.
3: Right. That's true.
0: I'm mad that they were getting it on you know, in church, though.
3: Hello. I'm <laughs> happy <young, laughs> fresh. Everybody hungry hmm. in
2: church.
0: <laughs> oh. And then so the other young mud- mother would be Daphne. And she almost never was mm. um, a mother. But felt that she always wanted to be, you know, almost gave that up. Um, what type of mother do you think she'll she will be now that she has this son?
3: I think she's positioned to be like a wonderful mother. Like that will consume her life. It doesn't seem like she has any other interests, really. She just started to like, you know, really get good at playing the piano and going seeing the townspeople. But once she got the little babies running around, she's gonna be she seems like she will be totally engulfed in their every move, their every day. Like, I think she's gonna love it because that's all she really wanted to be in the end anyway. Like, she wanted to be a wife and a mother.
1: I mean, I think I think she's open to evolve as well. She'll find out mm-hmm. that that's not all it is to life either. And I feel like she would be opening, open to being like, hmm, maybe there is something else I'd like to do for myself. Or whatever case it be, I think she'll definitely raise feminists, whether she has sons or um, daughters. Um, yeah, I think I think she'll take from her mom. So her mom was, you know, a sensible woman, kind the uh, the way of raising children. Um, she'll do as her mom. You know how Simon, when he first had dinner, mm-hmm. at the place, and he was like, all the children together at the table. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. You no, know, and a mom was like, "We actually like each other." You know what I'm saying? So, I think they will definitely have a more sensible upbringing versus her counterparts as well.
3: Hmm. Yeah, so- and
0: I, I think you bring up a good point. Um, saying that she's going to raise feminine feminists, mm-hmm. um, and that she's she's going to evolve not necessarily not just in her own right or for her own self, but also um. You know, her Her kids are going to be better off than her and going to know more than her. I think truly she learned what a disservice it was for her to not know certain things. Um, and I think she's learned by her brother's experiences um, or by, you know, just living with her brothers. Um, I, I think she knows what she would want that would be better for her son in terms of how the type of men that she would want them to be. Um, and so I I think that she would be, she'll be intentional about those things.
3: I agree. And and I think it'll be an eye opener for Simon because he was not raised in a way that he would even know. All he knows is like the order and what he knows, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't even have exposure to like what's right or how to be a strong dad. I think he'll have the love because he's like, never, he never wants to be like his dad was to him. But at the same time, like there'll be certain societal requirements, if you will, that Daphne, I could foresee like pushing back on that. He's going to be like, but this is the way you do it. You know what I mean? And I think he'll come around because they really are in love. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it'll be an adjustment for him, too. Mm-hmm, definitely.
1: Yeah. And one last quick point, because I know we're about to wrap up, but I want to give an honorable mention to Lady Danbury. Because it speaks to women who oh, yes. have children of their own, mm-hmm. but they step in to be like a surrogate mother. And that was just so like, the fact that she did that,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: saved that blood. How could I forget her, Miriam? That
0: definitely honorable mission, And I think that we should have, I should have mentioned her to start even with this whole feminism thing, because... Here she was unattached. We never see, we have never seen her attached to anything, but she or anyone, but she had her home, her estate or whatever. And and she did things the way she wanted to do. And she not only was a surrogate mother to him, but she also um, almost set up a society of married women. Was she even married herself? You know what I mean? Like she was, she was a force. And she said that of herself as well. You know, she made sure that she was a force um, in every room that she entered and um she was definitely an avant-garde um, character. Um, so absolutely, yes. Definitely honorable mention for her. Yeah,
2: she was- amazing. And the
0: queen. Oh
1: God, she was so ugly to me.
3: Mary <laughs> <laughs> was ugly, Maryam.
1: <laughs> no, no. Right. Her attitude, no, it was truly. It was just her mm. attitude and her whole thing that just like, uh, Yeah.
3: But But she was dealing with her old demons, with her husband, and, like, outward world, couldn't see it. But it was interesting how she was always, like, surrounded by this entourage, and her dogs, and her, you know, drugs, and like, everything that's around her to just prop her up, like, to be this, you know, queen of stature, when the other lady, Danbury, yes, Lady Danbury, Mm -hmm. she's Mm. the one that is, like, just so full of class and stature. She feels yeah. big to me and she wasn't the queen. You know what I mean? Like her yeah. air, like I'm dope, I know it. Like I can be, I'm powerful in my own right. Like, whether you agree or not, I know how this works. Like she just made her way mm-hmm. through and did what she needed to do and got that boy to where he needed to be because he was about to mess it all up. And she stepped to him. Mm-hmm. And, and she had
1: influence her. with other people, too. Yeah. Right. That's what I was going to say. Because at the end, at their ball, mm. everybody, including the queen, listened to her and they left.
3: Yep. Exactly. But mm. it's it's so interesting because she was talking to him in a way that he needed to be spoken to, whereas the Daphne's mother was, like, tiptoeing around it with her oldest boy. You know what I mean? Like, she never really mm. straight at it. Like, no. Lady Danbury was like, listen you're going to mess this up. Like, Stop being a dummy, basically. Right, yeah. right. I loved it. Yeah, if
0: it wasn't for her, he probably would have just spent that one night and then left. She was like, nah, you coming to this bowl. Mm. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Good.
0: So that was a great conversation, guys. Um, I'm definitely, like I said, uh looking forward to more. I'm debating whether I should read the books or not. I don't know. but um i think there will be a season two
3: um
0: and if so i'll definitely be watching um and maybe say that again
3: i said we all will
0: yeah absolutely um so guys again we thank you for joining us uh we hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did we hope that you enjoyed uh bridgerton um as much as we did let us know your thoughts what did you like what didn't you like is there anything that you disagree with in terms of what we have said um let us know your thoughts um and then are you know stay tuned for our upcoming episodes uh we're definitely um are putting in work this year and really trying to um make sure we keep these conversations going so have a good one
3: thank you <laughs>